Welcome to the Mom Powerment Podcast. This is the place where we help parents live a happy, healthy life with their kids, even when they are experiencing their most challenging behaviors. We're going to show you how to connect with your child and help them in their most difficult moments as we hear from experts in the field. I'm your host, Dr. Jakubowski, an international speaker, public school principal, and former struggling student. The Mom Powerment Podcast equips parents with science-based strategies to help you live a happy, healthy life with your kids. Welcome. Well, it's Random Acts of Kindness Week, and I have a special episode for you today. The thing that brings me the biggest joy is when I give back. And when I heard Peter Halper's story of how he ran across the U.S. to raise money to help fund research for childhood cancer, his story inspired me. And I couldn't wait to share it with you. It will inspire you to help your kids find ways to give back. A couple years ago, I taught the students at my school something called Secret Agents of Kindness that I had learned from another teacher. I challenged the students to look for ways to be kind to those around them and do it in a secret way if possible. Even just last week, a parent dropped off Starbucks gift cards for all of our Carline staff who've been standing in the freezing cold before and after school, helping kids get in and out of the cars. It was the kindest thing, totally made their month. This week, think of one kind thing you can do for someone else, whether it's paying for coffee for the person in the line after you, or maybe surprising someone with flowers just because or writing a note to someone just letting them know you're thinking of them. Never underestimate the power of a kind act, no matter how big or small. Have you ever heard of Emory's Thunder Run to raise funds for cancer? Four months, one crazy runner, 3,076 miles. This run just ended on the East Coast in November 2020, and and on our show today, we have Emery's great uncle, Peter Halpern, that crazy runner. Also joining us is his wife, Robin, because as we know, behind every great man stands an even greater woman. Peter (laughs) and Robin, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for um, accepting this call to do this interview. And uh, could you just first start out by introducing our listeners to Emery so we can get to know a little bit more about her story as she's described as small but fierce. Well, Emery was my my great niece. Um, she died in December 2017 from a, a cancer um, known as neuroblastoma. Um, the first time I met Emery, though, um, was at her funeral, actually. So I can't claim, you know, like um, a deep emotional bond with my great niece prior to her death. Um, but I went to her funeral more in support of my sister. Um, I hadn't even met Emery's mom or her father um, up until that point. Um, so to describe Emery to you, what she was like, I'm, I would be describing what other people have told me about her. You know, she was fierce. She loved lizards and um, sunflowers, the moon, um, you know, but these are words from other people that mm-hmm. knew her. Um, Can I interrupt? Sure. Because I feel like I know Emery a little more only because when, um, so 
our our two youngest children got to spend a beach vacation with her. Um, so that was really neat. They did meet Emery. She was like one and a half at the time. Um, and then she was diagnosed at age two. And shortly after her diagnosis, her mom started a Facebook page and shared all the time um, videos and things about Emery, which I was just glued to this um, Facebook page learning about her and meeting her through her own videos. So I feel like even though I never met Emery in person too, I feel like I, I saw that spunky, that fierceness of her and her fight and her grit. It was just, she was an amazing little girl for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. And so when did they start this, this race or who came up with this idea? Well, the, the run was um, Emery's mom, Jenna, started the foundation, Emery's Memory Foundation. Um, I came up with the idea of the run to help them raise money for, you know, research, the things that were important to them and helping families that are going through cancer. That's what um, Emery's Memory Foundation does. They don't do research themselves, but they do help directly help families that are going through what they went through. Um, so I came up with the run. Um, the first I, time I thought about the run was actually I was running for um, another nonprofit called MS Run the U.S. And I was in the middle of that run, in the middle of the desert. And I just felt it placed on my heart, um, kind of like a question, but deep in my heart, Peter, what do you, how do you feel about running across the country? And I just kind of got chills and I felt like, yeah, I think we could do that, you know, but I didn't know who for or how that would look or, or any, any of, you know, the final product that everybody's seen now. Um, But when Emery passed and I went to her funeral, that was when I describe it as like a, a tarball in my heart. Like I just could not, fathom how somebody would have to do what her her parents were about to do. Um, And I I couldn't take it, you know, so I kind of classify myself as, you know, a normal person who heard about it, um, felt that she would beat it and bad things don't happen to kids type of thing, you know, but once I was there and directly confronted with it, um, it, it hit me like this tar that I couldn't get off of me, you know, and it was inside of me. And it just, mm-hmm. it felt that way to me. It's hard to describe. And, and I waited a few months and offered to Jenna and my sister, um, Emery's grandmother, you know, what do you guys think about running across the country? I'll do the run and you guys get the money. And we do the awareness and we tell everybody about Emery and about all the kids and parents that are going through what you guys went through. Wow. Well, that just gave me the chills. (laughs) That's so, yeah, that's how that kind of, you know, generally started. Yeah. And so how many years have you done it? Um, Emery's Thunder Run. um, This was the first and only, only (laughs) year. Um, but I say only there is going to be another run, but it it'll it'll be designed in such a way that's going to involve more people and would enable people, you know, 
I'm, I was really blessed to be able to give four months of my time, but not everybody is able to do that. And I would like to kind of open the door more so more people could give maybe three days of their time and, and run or walk or ride their bike or, or do their chair, you know, in some way contribute giving to somebody else's life. Because I really, really hold deeply in my heart that the things that we have, our gifts that are given to us are best used when we take that and we give it to somebody else, you know, so my, my thing is running. I could seem to be able to run a long distance <laughs> and, and I've um, been taught and have learned how I can use that to give to other people. And I love actually the quote that's on the website that I'm going to read because our listeners might not see it, but when I read it, I was humbled and inspired by it. If it's okay, if I share it, sure. it's the quote where you share the strongest compelling desire that motivates me in running is that the hurting those that I run for will feel even the faintest whisper of I am seen. Can yes. you tell us a little bit more about that? A- absolutely. I believe with all my heart that all of us were made, created, born with this innate desire to be seen. Um, You can't put us into a closet and expect to come out healthy. We all want to be seen. And specifically, you know, neuroblastoma and maybe some other childhood cancers are technically classified as rare, but that's all the more reason to see what's happening because you know, by and large, we only notice large numbers, mass things happening. And, you know, nobody on the outside really notices 700 kids passing from neuroblastoma or being diagnosed with neuroblastoma, not 700 passing, um, other than, of course, the parents and the family. So, you know, the it's important that outsiders like myself, we've never suffered the loss of a child. Um mm-hmm see that and we and the best way to say i see you is if i believe if you're willing to suffer for the person you're claiming to see um in some way it doesn't have to be a run across the country but it certainly can be it can be a a donation it can be a card saying hey great job today um beautiful dress you know so many ways we can say I see you, you know, it just has to be from your heart. And this run most definitely was from my heart, from our heart. And it changes things, you know, when you see somebody, when you really see what they're doing. And and I can't, I like I said, I haven't lost a child, so I can't claim to understand what that's like, you know, uh, other than, you know, I don't let that stop me from, wanting to be vulnerable with with them you know and I you know we can all do that by sacrificing in some way for somebody else it doesn't have to be cancer it can be education right and do you know more about neuroblastoma can you tell our listeners what what more of that is neuroblastoma um basic like the basic website definitions in four sentences it's a solid mass tumor 
It mostly affects children, young inf infants. Um, the thing with neuroblastoma is we can get, we, not myself, but, you know, doctors, medicine can get kids to remission, but more than half of them will relapse. Um, I think that relapse percentage is getting better, especially with the work that the childhood cancer is doing. But the statistic used to be more than half will relapse. And once they relapse, there is no standard protocol for treating that. Um, so, you know, to be, I mean, I don't want to candy coat it, but it's, you know, especially in the past, that hasn't been a good outcome. Mm -hmm. And I learned from the website that it seems to be a very underfunded yes. area. That very, very underfunded. I mean, I, I mean, the the number that everybody throws out is 4% four, 4% goes to childhood cancer as far as federal funding. And, mm -hmm. and that's to all childhood cancers. So, you know, neuroblastoma is even, even less than, yeah than the 4%. So, so clearly, you know, nobody's going to solve the problem for us, for them. It takes, mm -hmm. you know, it takes families like Kyle's family, um, the executive director of Beach Childhood Cancer, um, Jenna, and so many, so many others to, to pick up advocates. the sword and be yeah. advocates and, and do the hard work. And I think that's what they say on their website. No one is going to solve this puzzle for us. But if we work together and take bold action, we can bring the thunder to childhood cancer. Yes. And I just love that I learned of you both and am able to use this platform to possibly even gain one more person to be able to give to this just unique small um, area of, of cancer that is impacting kids, you know, yes. and sometimes we see the St. Jude hospitals and the big, you know, we, we raise a lot of money. Sometimes we have gene days at work and, and we've contributed to even such um, donations, charities as that. Um, but I, you know, maybe this, call someone will hear it and it'll just pull at their heartstrings and it'll just be one more person to add to this hopefully growing and growing um fund to help um children just like emory yes abs and, absolutely and i noticed that it said is the run broken into 19 sections does that is that related to fam specific families in in this um be childhood cancer can you help us understand that a little bit more well, the run was broken into 19 sections first, just as a, um, a reasonable distance for me per week um, to cover the total distance across the country. Mm -hmm. So, you know, 160, 180 miles per week was a reasonable distance for me to run. That's more than a marathon a day. Um, and that comes up to 19 weeks. Mm -hmm. So it was broken into 19 sections. But once we had that 19, you know, we wanted this, we never wanted, and I think we did a pretty good job of this not being about me running, but about being, you know, the children that we're running for and the parents that we're trying to see. Um, so we, so every segment, every section was in memory or in honor of one or two children. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, you know, that's kind of the thought process behind the 19, um, mm -hmm. no magic reason behind it. And how, how did you travel? How, did, where did you spend the night? How, how, how did that work? 
Well, I, I am, I lived in a camper for four months, yeah. um, a 20 foot camper. Um, and so that camper was donated to the foundation by a dentist and we traded and it was a much bigger camper than what we originally, scary big. <laughs> scary big. And we, you know, we were concerned about crews being able to comfortably pull that. So we traded that in downsize to a smaller camper, um, a truck lease was donated by a um, dealership in Missouri. Mm -hmm. um, so none of that was bought or paid for by foundation money or donation money. All the money that was donated is going to research or to the families. families. So anyway, long story short, I slept in a camper. Um, that's how we got the camper. Um, and we stayed in campgrounds that, we would park the camper, disconnect the truck, and then we'd wake up early in the morning and, you know, we'd go to where we had to go to the start point, you know, the previous day's end point. And I would say to the crew, okay, I feel like I can start out with three miles, go ahead three miles. And they would drive ahead three miles and I would run to them, take some water or eat an apple or whatever. And then I would be like, okay, go ahead seven miles, you know, mm -hmm. and they would go ahead seven. And so we covered the 28 to 33 miles in a day that I ran um, mm -hmm. just like that. And then we'd go back and um, I spent my time recovering in the crew. The crews are, you know, we had 19 families. Um, some people I personally knew, others were friends of friends. Donate, volunteer their vacation time to come out and basically take care of me while I run. So mm -hmm. um, the foundation didn't pay their way there. The foundation didn't pay with their way back. Um, so it was a huge, huge gift that people gave just to be there to take care of me yeah. behind the scenes. So the run could happen, you know, so there was so much going on. Mm -hmm. Um that nobody will probably ever see. And, and that's okay, you know, um, as long as the parents know that they were seen and heard in yeah. a very big way. I love how you said we are born to be seen. Yeah, every, I, every, I, I know every individual, it's, it's, it's the basic need like to feel wanted, to feel needed, to feel loved. Yes. And as an educator, that's why I wake up every day because I just love those kids. And if I can make that difference, you know, it's just, it's, it's that difference to help them to be seen, to be loved, yes. to be wanted. You had a part, you mean something, right? Um, so what did you do when you, what do you tell yourself when you're at that 26th mile and you've done it six days in a row and, and you probably, you probably like, didn't you have blisters on your feet? Right? <laughs> I had, sure. I had all kinds of, um, <laughs> pains and aches. And um, so what do I tell myself to do it again the next day? Um, to be, to be honest, there is no, um, personally, um, I was so tired, sore, um, sometimes discouraged. It's really hard to remember a quote, you know, we, we all have our f favorite quotes that we love. Um, pictures that go with the quotes. Um, if you can't remember that when mm -hmm. you're suffering, nothing makes that, mm -hmm. that pain better, you know, and I think it's hard to say what I know, was able to crew Peter for three of the four of the 19 segments. And 
our friends crewed him. And all of us collectively, as we shared, watching him suffer was the hardest part, I think, of crewing and not being able to do anything about it. Um, and yet it was necessary. You know, that's that's what speaks to the parents, you know, um, and, the, and they may not fully understand how much it's, you know, how hard it was, but he did it day after day after day. I think the thing that, as I think about it and, and remember is, I firmly 100% know that because of all the sacrifice, not just me running, but the, the even bigger sacrifice of everybody that made it possible that nobody's ever going to see and say thank you to mm -hmm. um, on a large scale. Because of that, and because of the money that was raised, I have zero doubt that we have changed the story mm -hmm. of at least one child. And probably based on the that. money, five to seven, <clears throat> but just focusing on one, even one, even one unborn yet, you know, there is a, you know, nobody knows the amount that it's going to, you know, what is that amount that it's going to take where somebody says we've cured it? You know, we, yeah. we know how to treat all childhood cancers, including neuroblastoma, but there is an amount and we pushed that a little bit closer to there. And that's not the significant thing. The significant thing is that time interval kind of that that opens up for an for a child that's not even born yet, the parents may not even know each other yet, but someday somebody's going to walk into an office because their child isn't feeling well. The doctor's going to say, it's neuroblastoma. It's this. Don't worry, mom. We got this. We know what to do now. And we did that for at least one, if not more. So, you know, keeping that, that was kind of my thing all along, along with seeing the parents um, and physically actually meeting some of the parents mm -hmm. and the children. Um, I would say more than anything, that's kind of what just a really strong belief in the purpose and knowing that it was working, you know, just kept me going day after day. And Robin, you shared a little bit about from your perspective, what that was like. Um, is there anything you want to add that um, you want to tell the listeners? You know, I just, I think once you really look at the world of childhood cancer, you'll never be the same again. Um, you know, I'm a mom of four myself and two grandchildren, and um, I'm a counselor. And so I care about people. <laughs> and, and I just, you know, before Emory, we really hadn't been touched by childhood cancer. And it was something that was not on our radar. But after this experience with the run and meeting the families, which was the highlight of this whole experience, meeting some of the families and the kids who are fighting neuroblastoma right now, um, it's not something you just go home and go on with your life. <laughs> you know, um, we will, this will be a part of our life, I think, for the, for the rest of our life until we see a drastic change in the world of families facing this battle. Yeah. Well, what I kind of love about this interview is that you you started and you're at the forefront of this entire movement. And <laughs> as you were talking, I was just thinking it's going to be years down the road and someone's going to find this interview and be like, yeah. that's the guy who started it. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, 
And it's one thing to be in your shoes and having started it and having that perspective. And, and I just went like 10 years into the future and, and, and the, the 10 years of Emery's run, Thunder Run that, that have occurred and, and, and the people who've done it. And yeah. I don't know, my heart was just filling up with just such oh, wow. excitement yeah. that, that um, you in that desert, in that moment, had this idea, mm-hmm. which is just so beautiful because how many times have we thought an idea and we thought it, but we went on and we did something totally not related to that idea. Yeah. Or your is, wife tells you, no yeah, you way, right? <laughs> you're not doing that. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks, my better half. <laughs> but um, I think that's such oh, a just sweet message for our listeners that like, l- listen to those still small voices because uh, you don't know yeah. what you could, that could be the thought behind a movement that could mm-hmm. impact thousands of lives or bring like you're doing funding to something so underfunded that could possibly have the, the solution and the answer one day because of this snowball effect or this wave that was created. So never, never belittle, that, you know, that little thought or idea. That gives me chills. I mean, you're, that's probably the most important one to listen to the quietest whisper in your heart, you know, sometimes I would venture to say I have on my wall, I actually have a picture, the crew, when I ran for MS Run the US, I'm looking at it right now. They didn't know what I was thinking at that moment, mm-hmm. but they happened to take a picture right at that moment. And they show, they said, mm-hmm. hey, Pete, I got this picture. And, you know, so I, I know what I was just thinking because it all happened at the same time. And um, where was I going with all of that? Um, the small little thought. This, yeah, the small little thoughts, and I've, I haven't, you, I haven't gone back that far, other than just telling the story. But it's like, you know, it's, a, it's so cliche to say, don't ever give up, but mm-hmm. really don't. Yeah. <laughs> Listen yeah. to that small voice, just like you said. I'm going to show you the picture. This is um, him sitting, looking at the sunset. And that's like in the middle of the Mojave. Nothing around other than yeah that. <laughs> did you travel? Did you run main roads or is it all back roads? Mm-hmm. A little bit of I, everything. A little bit of everything, <laughs> but mo- but 99.9% roads. I mean, if mm-hmm. I ventured off a road, it was on a bike trail or an actual trail. There were a couple of times I tried a couple of like things that weren't trails and I quit wasting my time with those because they usually led up to somewhere where I had no way to go. You know, like, here's the cliff. What are you going to do now? <laughs> so I had to go back down. And <laughs> so I, I, I stayed the trails and, and mostly roads. Because you mapped it out before you started or you kind of mapped it as you went? I definitely mapped it out before I started. Yeah, there was a definite plan. plan. Um, because, you know, we had, like I said, we had crews that are volunteering their time. Mm-hmm. So I had to be at certain spots at certain times. I couldn't say, you know, hey, come to Colorado. When I get there, I get there, you know, wait for me. And then you can take mm-hmm. care of me for a week while I run. You know, it's um, so it was definitely mapped, planned. definitely mm-hmm. planned, um, definitely organized. And I've heard of people preparing for a marathon, but how do you prepare mm-hmm. for four months you were telling me you would run six days more than a marathon a day and then take the seventh day off. Yes. Uh, that was my, my life for four months. Um, you, um, you know, when I first started running, 
<laughs> How do you prepare for it? When I first started running, I hated running, hated it. Um, I wouldn't even be a runner today if it wasn't for Robin, without a doubt, <laughs> without a doubt. Um, and I remember the first time I ran three miles and, and I still remember that, like that was a huge accomplishment to get to three miles. Um, and the question was always, what do you think about running half a marathon? What do you think about running a marathon? And then there was preparation for each of those steps and mistakes were made. And, you know, we learned from those, we learned from people that knew more than us. Um, we sought, you know, their, their insight on that. Mm -hmm. um, and I got, I don't want to say good at running, um, but I got good at running far. I got good at holding, <laughs> hold, I got good at holding pain for a long time on mm -hmm. um, um, discomfort for a long time, occasionally pain. And um, it was a progression. It wasn't just, mm -hmm. you know, it was listening to that little voice many times, not just the one time in the desert. It was the many times before that. Like I said, what do you think about running half a marathon? And I was scared all the time. Doubt, am I, I'm my worst, I, I have been my worst critic all the time. Nobody ever said to me, Peter, you can't do this. You're crazy. Mm -hmm. Don't do it. You're not going to be able to do it. Nobody and ever said that to I think, me. I think an important lesson that we learned along the way is we, we failed way more than we succeeded in a way. I mean, we went to our second half marathon together and we were completely out of our league. We were, we finished 20 minutes past the last place finisher. I mean, the tents were down. It was, you know, so I mean, we weren't, we aren't competitive runners. We, no. there was a bigger purpose, I think, in, in kind of piquing our interest in running nine years ago. Yeah. It was, in my mind, it was to, in preparation for him to do what he just did. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. But there there was a specific training plan that yeah. I that I used for this. I did train. I didn't just, you know, go out there and and wing it. I trained, I prepared. Um it was a lot of running, a lot of I actually did a lot of running right behind our mouse on a two mile <laughs> path back like I would do whole marathons on a two mile path just to train my mind to deal with monotony which, you know, a lot of running yes. can be. <laughs> and, can the, be. <laughs> and the run starts in California and ends in New Jersey. Delaware. Del Delaware. Del it it was going to end in New Jersey. The website it probably says New Jersey and it was never changed. Yes. And I, and I know you ran in the rain, you ran in the desert, you ran, was there any other big weather events that you ran through? No. So heat, Snow. unprecedented heat in the desert, not just the heat, but they, they had their first um, record-breaking record heat. Record heat wave <laughs> of, I think, three this summer mm -hmm. um, when I was there. So that was the first. The forest fires, um, our route was the epicenter for the Grizzly Creek forest fire. Um, mm -hmm. So I obviously did not run through the nope. forest fire, um, <laughs> but that added a lot of um, logistical rehashing and mm -hmm. <laughs> rerouting um, and a challenge. Um, there is snow, rain. Um, 
what else? And the terrain, right? It, it yeah. went up, down. Was there like mountain-ish? Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Um, the highest mountain I went over was 11,000 feet. Um, I went over many, you know, three mountain ranges, the Sierras, one desert, the Mojave, the Rockies, the, Appal- the Appalachians, um, plus the plains. So that as far as terrain, um, the total elevation gain I, it was three and a half Mount Everest, but that's over four months. You know, people that climb Mount Everest do that in <laughs> way quicker than four months. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My, my, mine was much more, you know, so I don't want people to think, wow, we did three Mount Everest. <laughs> no, I, I didn't. But the total was right. a lot of elevation. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what was the first thing you did when you got home? I you laid on, I held my grandson, actually. <laughs> um, my second grandson was born um, while I was on the run. And they, I, I knew I was going to see him, but I didn't realize that they made the trip up to here to be here when I got home. And so he was here, my daughter and son-in-law were here and, and my other grandson were all here. And mm-hmm. so I got, that was the first, mm-hmm. you know, within five minutes of being mm-hmm. home, I got to hold him. Um, I hung out with that. the family that day and laid in our in our big king size bed, um, <laughs> which was nice. Did you sleep for like a week? <laughs> no, I didn't. I mean, I was at the, you know the second um, the second day. I, I kind of struggled with making simple little decisions mm-hmm. like unpacking. Um, there might have been a little bit of depression, you know, happening. Um, so my bags, I had three bags and a book bag of all my junk in it and running gear. And I still got one sitting in my living room or my bedroom. And it's been a whole week. And, you know, normally I like things tidy and where they belong, but I just don't know what to do with it right now. So, you know, a lot, I've taken the week off from work and um, I've been off for a week, just assimilating back into their lives. Yeah. And what's one thing you would say, to maybe a family who is struggling with a child, maybe not this specific cancer, but maybe they came across this podcast. And what's one thing you would leave a word of encouragement or or just a word of hope or something you'd want to say to them? Just hang on. Don't give up. Somebody will see you sometime. I pray and will help. Don't give up you'll be seen. That's, that's it. <laughs> means a lot. That means a lot, especially when people might not hear that, right? right. And sometimes um, I've even myself just gotten into podcast listening recently more mm-hmm. and I'll be listening to a podcast and I'll, I'll listen to a guest and I'll, and I'll just totally relate with them. And I'll be like, wait, I think they're my twin. I don't even know these people. <laughs> yes. I don't even see a picture of them and I've already like synced with them. And yeah. I'm looking them up and I'm like following them and, yeah. and checking in with them. And podcasting is really unique when someone has you in their ear. It's like they're right there. And wow. and, and, and I hope this podcast and, the, and listeners get a renewed hope, whether you're just casually listening and to become aware of something. If you have the opportunity to give and, and you possibly take advantage of where you're going to share, the listeners can go to, to have the opportunity to give or just to be comforted that there's people out there who are giving of themselves to make a difference, to 
to help those be seen who may not feel seen. Yes. And that is just, that is so precious. What a, like, I'm just so humbled and just privileged to have met you both and to be able to share in your story and hopefully share this story out more for others. So where could listeners go to find uh, more about Emory's Thunder Run or, or how or where they could give? Where would you point people? Um, well, you could definitely go to Emory's Memory Foundation Dot com. Mm-hmm. Um, they will be around for quite some time doing what they do. Um, you know, as far as future runs, mm-hmm. that probably would be a good place to start. Um, and beat childhood cancer. And beat childhood cancer, beatcc.org. Um, that is where um, our re- our all the research money is going. Is at, going to. At, at this point, it's it's... I, I can I can't say the total amount yet because mm-hmm. it's a surprise, but it's over a hundred thousand dollars that they're going to get as a result of this run. Um, it's more oh, than wow. I can't say how much more right now. Wow. So, so that is a great organization to go to as well. They mm-hmm. we will we will be in touch with them um, over the coming years, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And um, and it, regardless of us, if anybody's just interested in donating to either of those causes, they, you know, they certainly can. Wonderful. Well, thank you again from the bottom of my heart for accepting this call for this interview. Thanks for having the opportunity to meet and for the listeners, I'll put these links in the description below this uh, episode. And um, thanks again for joining us. You bet. Thank you. (laughs) Welcome. Well, that's all we've got for this episode of the Mom Powerment Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. I can't wait to help you live a happier, healthier life with your kids. Click subscribe today, and we can't wait to have you join us on our next episode. Thanks again. And remember, don't worry, be happy. Hey there, it's Karin. I hope that you're enjoying the show. And by the way, if you're a mom who wants to learn how to help your child when they're struggling behaviorally or facing challenges in school, get started today by getting my free short video course on first steps to mom empowerment. Go to www.educationalimpactacademy.com forward slash free video. If you're new here or you haven't done this yet, this is definitely the first step to get started in learning how to have a happy life and healthy life with your kids. So head on over to www.educationalimpactacademy.com forward slash free video and grab your free gift today.